if Boston College learned anything about football and how to manage a roster this year, it's got to be about that transfer portal. You can't live in the transfer portal. That's all we heard last year. You got to build from within. Well, the the rope is short right now for Jeff Halfley. He's got to start thinking things differently. I think the transfer portal is going to be a different story for Boston College in 2021 and 22. Sorry, 2022. We're going to look at that and more on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BC AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has got you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Thanks for all of you listening. I apologize. We did not have an episode on Thursday. I um, had a sick kid and just didn't, <laughs> didn't get much sleep that night. But we're here to talk about the transfer portal. And really, my, my thoughts going into this, looking into this season. We heard from head coach Jeff Halfley over and over and over again in 2021 that he does not want to live in the transfer portal. He only wants to get guys that, you know, you know, compliment his program or guys he knows. And what happens? BC goes three and nine. They don't look competitive. They lose. They they lack depth, I think, is the big thing. And so we're now uh, three days away. If you're listening to this on Friday. From the transfer portal opening up officially from uh, people that are undergraduates being able to put their name into the portal and look for new homes. Right now you're seeing graduate students. You're seeing people who are going to put their name in. They haven't been able to do it officially yet. And it's a little bit of probably tampering there too. So you're probably seeing a little bit of that as well. Well, I'm saying BC's got to change the way they're thinking about this. I know NIL is a big deal and I know that BC is um, behind the eight ball on that, but the Eagles, they've got to figure something out here because if they're going to be competitive moving forward into this new world of college football, they've got to start hitting the transfer portal. Like, they don't, I'm not saying that they need to live in it. You don't need to build a team like Miami or some of these, you know, USC, who's like basically an entire team full of transfers at this point. You need to go out there and build though. You need to do some big things to get this team back in the right direction. You need to go out there and get depth and you need to go out there and get players. You need to get guys that can contribute right away. Now, Jeff Halfley has shown that he will get guys that can do that. I mean, look at he had Jade Woodbay. I mean, you know, I know he had some tough moments last year, but he was a two-year starter for BC. He had Phil Dracovic. He's got, you know, George Takis, uh, Jabuzi Anwuka. He's found guys that fit his program. He's got he's got a put that into overdrive now this team has way too many needs to to wait for true freshmen to step up and do things or redshirt freshmen or sophomores they need to get some some established players and honestly 
I think you can be creative in where you find those guys. Now, if you've been listening to anything about the transfer portal, one name that has stuck out and is a big time uh, uh, target for a lot of teams right now is a Johnny Cornelius, an offensive tackle from URI. I believe he was the highest uh, graded offensive lineman in all FCS. He was all conference. He is, he's that guy. Okay. Now should BC target him? Absolutely. Has BC been connected to him? I know they have, but I don't even think they're going to have a chance with him. I mean, this kid, he's right down the street. He's at URI. He's got offers from every school. You, you name it right now. In the last 24 hours, he got offers from Oregon, Auburn, Missouri, Syracuse. Um, I mean, there's other big ones I'm totally blanking on right now. Nebraska, Minnesota, um, yeah, uh, some other SEC schools. Like he's he's going to be out of your range. He's going to be out of your range. But Jeff Halfley can be creative. I mean, like guys like that, they're gonna they're gonna get their big time offers and they're gonna go someplace else. But there's there's guys out there that I don't think are going to take a ton of NIL money to get here that are looking to play and have good experience. That's what you need. You get guys that can play. I'm specifically looking at that. I'm looking at you, the offensive line. They need guys to fill in there and you can look everywhere to get those guys, guys that can, that can do what an offensive lineman needs to do, which you didn't have a lot of that last year and, and have the experience and durability to be out there. So I think Halfley needs to go out there and scour the entire transfer portal for any position. I'm not, I don't even care what position. If it's a guy that he thinks can fit into this program, get him, get him here. You need to start filling up this roster because they just look so thin last year. And so many key positions, like the secondary, as I talked about with Mitch the other day, you know, running back was thin. Like you need to get more guys. You need to get more guys in here. And it looks to me that they're doing that. It looks to me that they are um, getting some big names uh, offers out there. I saw that they offered a cornerback from Harvard who was all conference. They also offered a offensive lineman who uh, is a center from Yale, who is also all conference. These are the types of guys I want to see at BC. These are the types of guys that Halfley needs to grab the Yale guy. He's he. um, And I I forget his name right now. Um, He's all, you know, he's got some decent offers, but it's not anything more than what they have in recruiting. It's not like Cornelius, who I just mentioned, who has like, you know, five star written all over him. But these are the types of players they need to start landing. These are the guys that they need to get on campus and see if they can get them to commit. I'm, I'm interested to see. And now Jeff Shell is in our comment section and asks a great question. In your opinion, other than NAL, what are BC's strengths when it comes to pitching to potential recruits? Facilities, coachings, academics, culture, etc. Now, what I have talked to recruits doesn't gel with what fans say, uh, but I'm telling you from what I've, I, I mean, I'm the editor of Eagle Insider. I talk to recruits and transfers all the time. They connect with the coaching staff. They really, these kids really do like Jeff Halfley. I mean, I, I know folks think they quit on him. They these kids like Jeff Halfley, so he's um interesting. And what I think he brings, and 
I, I honestly, I question whether it's an actual real thing at this point, because BC really has struggled to put guys in the NFL, but he's got a coaching staff full of guys with NFL experience for guys that are in the transfer portal. That's like one of the big things they're looking at. Like one of these, these, these kids want to get the opportunity to play at the next level. And they see Jeff Halfley, NFL, Tim Lokobu, NFL, you know, John McNulty, NFL, and all the positional coaches, NFL experience. That's important to them. So th- I think that's a big, big selling point uh, for them. And then that for some of these kids too, just being able to play in a power five conference, I think is important too. So that's a great question, Jeff. Thank you for asking. And if you're listening and you want to ask a question as well, I see a couple other ones that I'll get into later in the episode, uh, but sh- hit those comments up and make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. We do these every night um, during the week for about a half hour. Um, and I love to interact with you all. And um, I hope you know when I go live. So hit subscribe and that little bell and you'll know when we're live and you can jump into the comment section as well. All right. In a moment, I'm going to talk about one player that has already entered the transfer portal and look at whether I'm already concerned about uh, the amount of players that are leaving Boston College. But before we get into that, Bet Online is your number one source to go for your betting needs. For news, analysis, and uh, stats, get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. From bat football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all on Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. I, I love it. I mean, every week before the NFL games, I go on there. I scour the, the, the lines. I look at some of the props. So easy to find. So easy to, to, to bet. Um, and, it, it, and I've had so much fun with it. I'm, I'm getting better and better as I go along with, with that. Um, but head on over to Bet Online, that where the game starts. And make sure to use their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. All right. AJ Blackair. Now, one player, we talked about this on Wednesday, who's already entered the transfer portal is Jason Matry. And I saw Jason was not happy with my my article I wrote about him the other day, which is fine. I've tried to talk to him about it, but um, whatever. And that's what it is. But I, what, what I wanted to say about Jason, you know, a, a super valuable player for BC, especially this last year, when, as I mentioned, the secondary depth got hammered for Boston College. You had Jalen Cheek, uh, CJ Burton, Elijah Jones, all these different uh, defensive backs go down with different injuries at different points. And who was the guy that came in every single game that they needed him? Jason Matry. They'd switch him from free safety to cornerback. He, and he did it seamlessly. Um, and yeah, he had his down moments. I, I think back to that Florida State game, he struggled in that game. But he was consistent a, a lot of the times. Like he wasn't like a superstar for Boston College, but I always thought he was a hard hitting guy um, who really at, at times did a really nice job of being physical with wide receivers and doing the the big the little things that he needed to do. Uh, so he is, uh, you know, the second second player to enter the transfer portal. He was one I thought would come back. But, you know, the transfer portal is is uh, a hungry – it's a hungry beast. And a lot of guys – I think you'll see some pro- surprising guys enter that portal. Now, right now, the Eagles are at two players in the transfer portal. You have Kevin Pine, offensive tackle, who we talked about a, about a couple days ago. Former four-star, I think Rivals, who's our 
my site's rival had him as a five-star at one point. I know he kind of slid down. He never played for BC other than that last game. Never. And so he, not a loss. That's not a big loss there. I don't think he would have ever played for BC. So you, you get that scholarship back um, as he finds a new home. And as I said, I would predict he probably ends up at a place like UConn and UMass, and hopefully he gets the, the chance to play there. That's a great opportunity if he can, you know, go down a level and find a new role. But when I see <laughs> my favorite thing about the transfer portal, and it's not Boston, just Boston college fans, it's fans everywhere is the gut reactions from fan bases to freak out when all these players hit the portal, whether it's attacking the kid. I don't see that with BC fans. You guys are great about that. Like you're like, Oh, well, but more likely it's the, they're, they're rats sinking, a sink, uh, leaving a sinking ship. I see that, that comment all the time or that it's the, you know, it's time to bail on, on, on BC. I'm here to tell you folks, two recruit two players right now is not a reason to panic. BC is far behind some other schools that have had multiple players leave to go into the transfer portal. I saw, I think Louisville's up to like seven or eight. Um, some of these other programs, uh, Rutgers, I saw has a bunch. This is just at this point, this is just the new nature of the beast. The transfer portal is not going anywhere for a while until um, either the NCAA or courts figure out how to like slow it down. But players are 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 gonna do what they're gonna do, and all it takes is having to sit on the bench or having another coach call you up and say, "Hey, if you come over here, you're gonna have a better chance to play." And boom, they're in the transfer portal. I honestly think right now that, as I said earlier. BC has two players in the portal. Both of them are graduate students, which means they've played, they've already played, you know, four or five seasons for BC. They've got their, they've, they've already received their diploma. They've graduated or they're going to receive their diploma. That's a great thing. It's a great thing that they now have that opportunity to go someplace else. Now, as I said before, I think you look at the numbers for for Boston College, there's going to be more. There's absolutely going to be more. I don't know if it's going to be on December 5th that we start to get. Uh, as someone covering this, I'm, I, I am uh, panicked at how many people are going to, how many things I'm going to have to write on December 5th. But if that's the case, that's the day the transfer portal officially opens for all players. I think the Eagles are going to have to make moves. Um, I don't have the scholarship numbers in front of me right now, but you know, BC has like 17 or 18 recruits. Okay. That's, that's how many they're bringing in. Now say they have a full roster. They're close to 85. They've all, they're all right now. They're only losing six guys to, to that have exhausted their eligibility. Thanks to the COVID-19 rules. That's, Six. <laughs> that means they have 11 other guys that they need to figure out what to do to fi- figure that out. Now, I know Halfley really values get it, letting her, their kids get their education. So you, I think you'll probably see more of the, the older kids that have already received their diploma probably go someplace else. You saw this last year. As I said, I think I said this on the other episode. You know, CJ Lewis, Jelani Galloway, Joe Sparacio, Jamin Muse, uh, Dion Jones, all these guys got a chance to go someplace else. Um, but they were all graduate students this year. 
BC is going to have to juggle some numbers here because they, they're going to have to figure out how to get this and be able to get some transfers to fill their roster. So I think the number is going to be big. I think you're going to see some big numbers coming up and players that are going to need to go look f- to find another role because I think that's just the nature of the beast right now. That COVID-19 year, remember 2020 was the year that COVID like ravaged college football. It was that weird year where fans weren't allowed back in. And when that happened, these players all got that year just basically didn't count. And so coaching staffs now have to like balance their rosters with an extra year for everybody that was around. Now it's starting to starting to, we're starting to see it kind of ease up a little bit because it was 2020, you know, a lot of those players, you know, it, now you have tw- class of 21 class of 22 class of 23 coming in. It, it, it should start to make a little bit more sense, but the transfer portals is going to still make things crazy and you're going to still see guys out there. So I am not panicked with what BC is happening. And honestly, right now, nothing that I have seen makes me believe that any of these transfers has anything to do with the current state of BC football. It may happen. I'm not going to be naive and say it won't, but I haven't seen it yet. Now we're going to go back to our comment section because I got another great question out there Uh, from dollared bills. AJ seems like a priority would be giving mahogany nil money and helping O-line. I don't know how this new friends of the Heights program is working and how they're cutting up the money that they have received. Uh, Friends of the Heights is the new NIL program. If I haven't talked about it already, Um, but whatever cut they have find the biggest cut and dump it at Christian Mahogany's dorm room door. He is such a value. Christian Mahogany, if you uh, is an offensive lineman, all ACC. I mean, he would have made a humongous difference this year, like having a rock like that. Um, And we don't know what's happening to him next year. I don't know if he's going to the draft. He missed all this year with an ACL tear. He could also enter the transfer world. There's been buzz about that. BC should be using this new NIL fund to keep Christian Mahogany. This should be the first case that they utilize this, this fund that they have to make sure he stays. And so, yeah, dollar bill. I totally agree with you there. He's got to be a priority. And thank you for that question. Now in our final segment, we're going to go from one team that was out of uh, uh, that was off this year to another team that's off right now. And we're going to look at the disaster that happened in the ACC Big Ten Challenge and talk about basketball in our final segment. This is Locked on BC. AJ Black. I'm the editor of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. If you joined up, we just had a 75% off sale on Eagle Insider over Black Friday. We are now, we have now hit our site's all-time record for subscribers. We're over um, over and above what we had before. And if you want to join up now, we had 75% off. We still have a 50% off for an annual deal. That's still a great deal. If you are thinking about it and you want to get transfer portal news, rumors, uh, talk to other BC fans on our VIP boards, it's a great deal. 50% off. It's a, You're getting a whole year for, I think it's like 45 bucks. That's that you're not going to beat that. So check, check it out. Come, come join us over at Eagle Insider. Now on Wednesday, 
BC played Nebraska. And I, I hate 915 games. Sorry, I'm going to make myself sound old. I, I get kids. I do not like staying up till all hours of the night watching BC. But but the part that I hate the most is watching staying up late to watch BC get their butt absolutely handed to them. And that's exactly what happened on Wednesday. BC in Nebraska, if you looked at the Ken Palm ratings, that's a rating system that it uses all sorts of statistical analysis. They were two apart going into this. BC was 109. Nebraska was 111. BC, they came out there. They looked good. You know, they were shooting the ball. They were aggressive. They were hitting threes. I Chaz Kelly and Makai Ashton Langford, who uh, finally ended his horrid three-point shooting slump uh, with some big threes. And BC was like right there with them. They had the lead at one point. But then the end of the first half, you saw the Eagles kind of tail off. And you also saw Nebraska with their guard, um, Tash Menga, I want to say his name is. Um, I'm totally botching up his name, and I apologize. Um, From Japan, this kid, he's on the screen right now. This kid killed BC. Uh, Tamananga, sorry, Kesai Tamananga scored 23 points, went seven for eight and four for five from three point range. He was perfect in the first half. And you saw this shooting, and I started to say, okay, they're in trouble. And especially because BC, they were playing well, but you can't live with Makai Ashton Langford and Chaz Kelly hitting threes, and they were way outside. Like they were beyond uh, NBA three point range. And I, I kind of want to say there's a little bit more luck there. Um, so they go into halftime. They're down by four or down by three, 37, 34. Hey, you scored 34 points and a half feeling pretty good, right? You go into the second half. And when I say that the, the wheels came off the truck, I mean, the truck, the wheels came off the truck, the truck reared into a ditch flipped over and exploded. That's how bad Boston college played in the second half. It was awful. They started off the half. I think Oh, for nine, one for 12. They were, they were, they had no rhythm on offense. Nebraska was shooting lights out. They were shooting about 69 to 70% from, from regular range, 67% from three point range. And they just took that game and they jammed it down BC's throat. And the Eagles, they just wilted. It was an awful, awful half of basketball. BC, who that first half, as I said, their offense was looking pretty tight, looking good. They were moving the ball. They were playing well. They completely lost whatever mojo they had. The offense just could not get anything going. And Nebraska just ran away with the game. Now, this game was bad and yeah, there's going to be bad games, but I am very concerned with this team for the rest of this year. It just seems to me that the expectations that we had seems to have gone out the window. Part of that is now because Donald hand is gone for the year. BC's four-star guard uh, never really got going for BC because he tore his ACL and he's gone. So you're now down one of your guards, but and that's bad because you want the st- the you want a, you want some depth there. It's something that I talked about being a huge asset for this team. But the bigger issue, the bigger loss for BC right now, has been the injuries to uh, Prince Oligby, 
who's a forward, and Quinton Post, their center. They so badly need Post back. And we don't know when he's coming back because, as I I said in our previous episode, he's day-to-day. Now, day-to-day, they're now three weeks in the season, and he still doesn't look any closer to coming back. But they need that. They need that big man out there. They desperately need that. And they need some bigger guys, uh, you know, bigger wing help like a leg babe. It, I, I, it feels like I'm watching an incomplete product right now and injuries are going to happen. But when you are losing two of your five starters at a key position that you don't have depth at, that's a major problem. And I, I don't want to see Earl Grant rush either of them back because the last thing that we need is them to be gone for extended periods of time, even bigger extended periods of time because they were rushed. But this season, like the thoughts of the getting to the tournament, those are gone. This, this team is not getting to the NCAA tournament. I mean, you I'm talking to the choir. You guys are all well aware of that. But they are, you know, they're, I want to say they're almost a, a laughing stock right now in college sports. I mean, whenever they're talking about the, the worst teams in the ACC, they're lumped right in there with Louisville, and Florida State and Syracuse, who are all terrible right now. BC's BC's earned that. They're playing terrible, too. This is the first time BC played a Power 5 program all season long, and they got smoked. Now, the one positive that I took out of this game is Devin McLaughlin. Devin McLaughlin had some big-time minutes in the second half where he showed that he deserves to be out there, and he needs to be out there more often. He had 20 points and 11 rebounds, uh, a steal, and looked good. He looks like an ACC starter and needs to be out there playing starter minutes. He's playing 26 minutes right now, uh, but he's off the bench. Get him out there right away. You need a physical presence out there down low. He's the guy to do it. It's not C.J. Penna. C.J. Penna, there was one play in the second half where they uh, Nebraska had a beautiful pass to dunk and CJ Penna had no idea his back was turned to where the ball was just didn't see it come through he's nice but he's and I have nothing wrong with CJ Penna he had a, he, probably the second best game of, the, of this group but he can't be the starter you got to get McLaughlin out there he McLaughlin's money this is a kid that needs to be playing starter minutes get him out there because Saturday folks strap in they're playing Duke Duke, I'm a little worried about that right now. Okay. So we got a few questions before we head out and I want to make sure that we hit these, but before I get to your questions, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. Okay. Hit that subscribe button right now. If you're listening to this on YouTube, all right, comments, let's get, we got a couple here. Mark, highlight of the week. BC women's basketball beat Rutgers in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and Dottavia Wagner leads the nation. That's right, the whole country in steals. Yeah, I, I have to admit, Mark, I have not had the time to get into women's basketball this year, uh, but I think they're a team. I, you know, I don't know what happened with BC's roster last year. They seem to have lost literally everyone uh, to the transfer portal. 
but I, I'm excited with some of the recruits they brought in, some transfers that they have. Uh, and Wagner is definitely a, a leader on that group. So thank you, Mark, for that comment. I know you're a big women's basketball fan, and uh, it was right. They had a big win against Rutgers the other day. And Richard Richard wants to say, if the poor, I, if the portal right now is for grad students, then why is Pine in there when he's listed as a redshirt sophomore? So it's it has to do with graduation, right? So there's all he's the class of 2020, and so he's had three seasons, 2021 and 22. You know, kids kids can work up and just graduate quickly. So you know, he could be there. He could be at BC until the summer, and then just graduate and then go someplace else. I, I'm telling you based off of what I've heard that he's a graduate student, um, but he'll have extra years too. That's the thing with like graduate students, right? So you got kids like, um, you know, they brought Brumarian. I believe he was a graduate student. He had two years. It, it's funky. It's just, it's based off of the amount of credits they have. So um, I've heard that Pine's a graduate student, so he can, he can join in right now. So thank you all for listening. I'm going to head out. And again, thank you. And I apologize again that we didn't have an episode yesterday and, Everything's great here at the house. I just had a sick little one all night long and just didn't have a chance to record. We will be back on Monday with Mitch. Talk more football, some more uh, autopsying this this awful season. We'll get into some uh, some of the things that Mitch has to think about and uh, maybe any news that happened over the weekend. Plus, we will recap the Duke game. I'm sure you're going to want to hear about my thoughts about that. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.